Amen. All right. John chapter 18, verse 37. Pilate therefore said unto him, Art thou a king then? Jesus answered, Thou sayest that I am a king. To this end was I born, and for this cause came I into the world, that I should bear witness unto the truth. Everyone that is of the truth heareth my voice. Father, in Jesus' name, we thank you, Lord, for the reading of your word this morning and all the passages that we have the privilege of our ears to hear the glorious gospel, the word of God, the scripture, the holy scripture. Thank you, dear God, that we're able to come back this morning and, and be under the preaching of God's word, the power unto salvation. We pray, Father, now that you'd help us to understand the Scripture and God to know exactly what Jesus is speaking of and talking about. Father, that we may receive it this morning. God, it may impact our lives. It may change us for the glory of God. Change our minds this morning, which will change our lives because of our hearts that's been changed. God, save the soul today that's, that, dear God, that's near hell. I, I pray for one today, God, that's just discouraged and down, that you'd encourage them. Pray for the Christian God that you empower them, anoint them. I pray, Father, that you'd lead and guide the service so that you'll get the glory. If anything is said and done, God, that's, that you are the one who've done all the work in our lives and our hearts. Thank you for loving us now in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. Tonight we'll be giving out a sheet on the spiritual gifts. And so if you'd like to know what maybe your spiritual gift is, we'll be preaching on those on Wednesday nights as we've been going through one another series. And so it'd be exciting if you'd like to know that. I believe every person ought to know that because you are obligated by the Lord to give an account one day of that spiritual gift. Uh, and so yet one day as you stand before the Lord, you're going to stand before the Lord on that spiritual gift and what you did with it. And you ought to know about it. Amen. And so I would give that out tonight. So I pray that you might come back for that. Here in John chapter 18 in verse 37, we're coming up on Christmas. And uh, Christmas always, it seems, in our life, in our country, and where we live, that's always been, uh, it reminds us of the birth of Christ. And Christmas, the birth of Christ, is pretty much the same, it seems. But it don't always mean that. And I, I say that because I see a lot of yards that are decorated and they have the lights, and, but they have Santa Claus uh -huh. or they got reindeer right. or they've got some snowman or they got some other decoration. And, and I could just imagine in their homes that it's about the same thing, that there's just all of everything that seems to kind of surround this word Christmas. We know that without the birth of Christ, there'd be no Christmas. But it seems like the world today and even America and even some homes here, y'all really celebrate Christmas, but you don't celebrate the birth. I mean, you're real quick to give gifts, but you're not real quick to give praise unto the Lord Jesus who made it all worth it. We find in many homes at Christmas time, there's a lot of things and a lot of things done, but the birth of Christ is not mentioned. Right. It's not even spoken of. Matter of fact, 
The Christmas songs is about the reindeer, red nose. Uh, it's about the old, old uh, snowman that the heat comes and kind of melts away. And, and you got all these other country westerns and you got all these other uh, RBs and all these other uh, places where you can gather up music and they call it Christmas music. And you hear nothing about the birth of Christ. It, and it all boils down really is this, is that's not the truth. That's not the truth. And I find that the church has sort of got in that mindset. And so without us tonight having Jesus, this morning having Jesus in our Christmas, uh, we are just taking the very truth and throwing it away. Because it's not part of really what we're doing. Matter of fact, we're just celebrating a lie. We're celebrating fake. We're celebrating phony. If Jesus Christ is not in your Christmas, then Fred, your Christmas is not Christmas. You have no truth there. You're just going through the traditions of what America may have. You may be going through the traditions of your family. You may be going through just the times that you know what to do and how to do it. And that is, on Christmas Eve, we have our family over. Christmas Eve, we have our foods and we have all our decorations. We got the Christmas music rolling. We got the families coming and we eat and we laugh. We have a good time and we open up presents. We give presents. We get presents and, and we leave out of there and we go home and with our presence and we get to the house and we lay on our pillow and we go to sleep and we get up and the next day is Christmas. Uh, you do that Christmas Eve. Christmas Day comes. We go to another set of family and we go to other people. We see them folks and, and we go through the same rigmarole uh, giving presents, getting presents. We eat and we laugh and we talk and we go on and it's over then we're heading for the next year and the truth is just completely gone. And we find that that's Christmas. That's what we celebrated for years, haven't we? I mean, I'm I just going to say this morning, we're guilty of that. I know you probably might be guilty of that, of taking this Christmas time without Christ. Now, we won't say, we won't say this like this. We won't write something and say, Xmas. We see Xmas and meet us in our fundamental uh, mindset and our dogmatic ways, we'll see, we'll see Xmas and we'll say, condemn it. I mean, there ain't no way it's going to be Xmas. It's Christmas. Or somebody says to you down at the store, they say, happy holidays. Right. You say, I ain't going to have happy holidays. I'm going to say, Merry Christmas. Amen. Right? That's right? Because happy holidays is sort of generic. Yeah. And it don't hurt nobody. But uh, when you say Merry Christmas, you're saying something. Right. And so we find Xmas is offense. Holiday, Happy Holidays is offense. But in our own time of Christmas, Jesus, his birth, is not even acknowledged. Right. It's not even mentioned. It's not even told. Matter of fact, our wrappers on our gifts are Santa Claus. And the snowman and the reindeer. And tonight or this morning, you say, Brother Larry, you are starting on a negative note. Have I said a lie? I'm just trying to give you the truth. And the truth is Jesus gives the truth unto Pilate. But Pilate didn't get the truth either. 
Because there in verse, in verse uh, 38, he says, Pilate said to him, what is truth? And Jesus has told him what truth was. And yet he didn't get it. The world don't get it. The world today is lack of truth. The problem with the world today is they don't want truth. Our government don't want truth. Our educational system don't want truth. Our own families don't want truth. I mean, we live at work with no truth. Every place you go, they don't want truth. Nobody wants truth anymore because truth is truth. But Jesus said this morning, the reason why that he came is that he would take truth and he would present truth and give truth to the whole world. And without this birth of Jesus, none of us would know truth. And this morning, I would hope that this message would uh, begin to move you or begin to motivate you, begin to draw you onto this Christmas. This is which is Monday of next week. And that day, December the 25th, and we all know Jesus wasn't born on December the 25th, but the world celebrates it as December the 25th. We're mostly all off of work. We're mostly at home. We're mostly doing this, that, and the other. But friend, I say it unto you, maybe that day, December the 25th, Christmas 2020, 20 and 23, that we'll finally bring some truth into this Christmas. Yes. Amen? Amen? I believe God would be honored with that. Yes. I believe God will be pleased. I want you to notice this morning, <clears throat> many folks, the reason why that there's not much Christ or much birth in Christmas anymore is because they just believe that he's a baby. That's, right. That's all they believe. They believe he was just a baby. And he really has no meaning in life. He really has no authority about life. He was just born. And all of the stories talks about Jesus in Bethlehem, Jesus in a manger, Jesus in a cradle, Jesus as a little bitty baby, Jesus being given gifts of gold and frankincense and, and uh, been given treasures uh, unto him as he's just a baby. We see all the time Mary in the Catholic religion of holding a baby holding Jesus in her arms. And, and we also find in the Catholic religion, Jesus not only in the arms of Mary, but on the cross of, of the cross of Calvary. Both of those are not even true. But at the same time this morning, we find that in our lives, in the life in which we live, that Jesus is just a baby. That's why Santa Claus gets more credit or gets more time. That's why the, uh, the snowman, that's why the, ro the reindeer, uh, that's why all the presents, that's why all the times, all the music, all the festivals, all that goes on and surrounds Christmas gets more time and more credit and more love and more worship than does the Lord Jesus born into this world. Because he's just a baby. Because he's not no more than that in most families. If you talk to a child in most families, you'd say, tell me about Jesus at Christmas time. You know what they'll tell you? He's a baby. Yeah. Most folks today will say that Christmas time is for children. Right. Is that true? Well, 
They say, well, it's a children's time. When you get older and you get a little older and you realize some things that you've been told about certain things uh, that are not true, and the next thing you know, Christmas is not like Christmas anymore because you grew up. And the only time that Christmas becomes Christmas is when your children are young and you can gotta get in the and kind of get into the groove again. And then when they get old, you get out of the groove, but when the grandchildren come over, you get back in the groove. So it all goes down to children. And yet, Jesus is all about the adult. His birth, truth. And so I just want to encourage you this morning to find out with me about this baby, uh, Jesus, and he speaks there in verse 37 concerning himself. I want you to notice that Jesus, number one, agreed, I am king. Whenever Pilate said in verse 37, he said, uh, Thou, he says, Art thou a king then? Question mark. That's what he asked. He asked a question to Jesus. Now Jesus could have answered that question and said, Yes, I'm a king. No, I'm a king. But Pilate said, Thou art a king then. The question in the way it was was not, I don't know if you are one or not, but Pilate was saying you are a king. That's what Pilate's saying. And so because Pilate said that he was a king, Jesus answers, he says, Thou sayest that I am a king. In other words, he was agreeing with Pilate that this baby boy that was born in Bethlehem was born a king. He was agreeing with Pilate on this matter. And I want you to notice what that word king means, though. It means a leader of people. And what Jesus is agreeing with is, I am a leader of people. It also means this morning, a prince. I am a prince. That word king means prince. It also means, I am a commander. That word king means a commander. It also means, I am a Lord. That word, that word king is Lord. And then fifthly, it means, I am sovereign. And so whenever the Pilate would look at Jesus and say unto him, Thou art a king then, and Jesus says, That's what you say that I am. He's saying, I am the sovereign. I'm talking about a baby boy born in Bethlehem. I came to be born this king that you say that I am. He says there in verse 37, To this end, to this end, all that's said, all that's done to this end, and all of the other governments, and all of the other peoples, and all of the other saviors, and all of the other kings, and all the other sovereigns, to this end. This is the end. This is where it all ends right here. This is where all the conclusion, this is a summary. This is where it all finally comes down to it. He said, unto this end, I was born. I was born. I say to you, Fred, that's remarkable. As he is speaking, he's saying to him, as Jesus has said 
and as spoken of in Hebrews chapter 7 and verse 2, that Jesus is the king of righteousness. Yes. Amen? Amen? So if there's any righteousness within us, it's because of the king of righteousness. We find that in Hebrews chapter 7, the Bible says that Jesus is the king of peace. If there's ever a time of peace within you or a peace in a nation or a peace amongst a people, it's because the king of peace is there. Amen? He always brings peace. You know what's wrong with Jerusalem? You know what's wrong with Gaza? You know what's wrong today in that Middle East? You know what's wrong today in that area? Is there's no king there. King Jesus is not there. If he was, he'd bring peace. You know what's wrong with a lot of our hearts this morning and a lot of our homes and why there's no peace and why there's all stubborn, being stubborn rebellion and there's finding their fights and arguments and we're finding disagreements and we're finding, friend, hatred and the bitterness and we're finding within the homes and the hearts of people today because the King Jesus is not there. Because the King of Peace was there, there'd be peace. Don't tell me this morning in any home, in any life, in any church, in any workplace, or any relationship, friend, that the two can't have peace. They can have peace when Jesus Christ is the king of peace there. Amen. Amen. That's, that's what brings peace to all of us today is this king of peace. Number three, I notice the Bible says in 1 Timothy 6, 15, Jesus is the king of kings. It means that there's no greater king than him, no greater commander than him, no greater sovereign than him. Uh, there's none greater than the King Jesus this morning. He was born to this end. He was born to be the king of kings. He just didn't resolve into it. He just didn't come into it. He just didn't want to move into it. He was the king of kings at birth. Amen. The king of righteousness, the king of peace. He was, fourthly, the king of saints. The Bible says in Revelation 15 verse 3 that Jesus is the king of saints. All of us that are saved and born again, washed in the blood of the Lamb, we have a king and he's the king of saints, amen? He is the sovereign over us. He is the commander over us. He's the one this morning that you can look to and say, he's the leader of the people. Of what people? Of the saints of God, he is. Fred, he was born in Bethlehem this way. For to this end was I born. And then he, the Bible says in Revelation 17, 14, that Jesus is the Lord of lords. Right. And so we find this morning that throughout the word of God, it clarifies that Jesus, who was born, was born unto this end, that he's a king. Right. That he's a king. So it's not just a baby boy, is it? No, it was something more than just a baby boy. It was Jesus, the king of righteousness, the king of peace, uh, the king of kings and the Lord of lords and the king of saints this morning. In Matthew, turn with me please to, to chapter 2 and verse 6 and, and we might find a little, ourselves in a little bit of scripture this morning uh, because I want to just kind of show you a few things concerning this baby boy that agreed I am a king. Matthew chapter 2 and look there in verse 6 the Bible says says and thou Bethlehem in the land of Judah art not the least among the princesses of Judah. For out of thee shall come a governor, that's a capital G if you notice that, that shall rule my people 
Israel. And so we find that word governor uh, there in this passage, and it goes with, Ma- with Micah chapter 5 and verse 2. Look at that with me if you don't mind, because that's what's being quoted in Matthew chapter 2, is Micah chapter 5, and turn there with me, and uh, we'll look at that scripture in Micah chapter, in chapter 5 and verse 2. The Bible says, But thou, Bethlehem, Ephratah, Though thou be little among the thousands of Judah, yet out of thee shall come forth unto me, that is to be a ruler in Israel, whose goings have forth have been from old and from everlasting. So we find in Micah talking about this boy that's going to be born, he's going to be a ruler. That word ruler means king. Here in Matthew chapter 2, the fulfillment of that prophecy of Micah chapter 5 says that he's going to be governor. That word governor means commander, it means authority, and it means chief. And so what the Bible's teaching us this morning, that on that day when Jesus was born, he told Pilate that when I was born, I came for this end because in Micah chapter 5 and verse 2, over hundreds of years ago written before Jesus was born, that he would be a ruler. And yet in chapter five, chapter 2 of Matthew, when Jesus was born and the Holy Ghost of God spoke and said, he is the governor, meaning that he's going to be the authority and the chief of his people. Amen. Amen. That's the baby that was born. Now how does he get trumped by Santa Claus? Now how does he get trumped uh, by uh, the snowman? How does he get trumped by Rudolph the reindeer? How does he get trumped by Elf? How does he get trumped by Grinch? How does he get trumped by presents and food. How does he get trumped, friend, with the world of music? And how does he get trumped, friend, allowing all these other things whenever he's the governor and the king, the authority and chief right. and authority? Hallelujah. We find this morning that in this passage of Matthew chapter 2, verse 5, that Jesus was born the governor. I want you to look in Luke chapter 1 and in verse 30. With me. I'm just trying to prove a point this morning about Jesus the King. Luke chapter 1, look in verse 30 with me this morning as we look again in the most precious word of all time, the Word of God. And the Bible says in Luke chapter 1, verse 30, and the angel said unto her. Now, this ain't a man speaking, this is an angel speaking. Fear not, Mary. For thou hast found favor with God. Behold, thou shalt conceive in thy womb and bring forth a son. They shall call his name Jesus. Verse 32. He shall be great and shall be called the son of the highest. And the Lord God shall give unto him the throne of his father. Verse 33. And he shall reign over the house of Jacob forever. And of his kingdom there shall be no end. We find the word reign in correlation to the Lord Jesus Christ. Again, it means king. Amen. We also find in the same passage his kingdom. 
And so we find now that this king that's going to be born, and it was born, King Jesus, he's now within a kingdom of his kingship. Amen? And so we have to go to Isaiah chapter 9 now and look at this. If you would, go there. Isaiah chapter 9. So the angel said that he's a king. We find in Matthew that the word of God said that he's a king. Isaiah chapter 9 with me this morning. We'll see what Isaiah has to say concerning uh, this one that is born. The Bible says in Isaiah chapter 9 and in verse 6, For unto us a child is born, and to us a son is given. I wonder who that is. I wonder who they're referring to. Well, we can know what they're referring to because the Bible says in verse 6, And the government... Uh-oh, well, he's a governor, so it must be the government. It must be, because he's a governor, it must be his government. Government. All right, so we kind of put it together. Shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. And verse 7, of the increase of his government. In other words, this governor who's over this government is going to grow. Yes. That word increase means multiply. It means to become great and big. And so we continue to read, And peace, there shall be no end upon the throne of David and upon his kingdom. Order it and establish it with judgment and with justice from henceforth even forever the zeal of the Lord of a host hath performed this. So we look at the words here. In verse 6, the word uh, talks about Jesus that his child is a born and his son and his government. That word government means king. That word, verse 7, the word kingdom goes with the king. In verse 7, that word build it means to strengthen it, and to order it means to establish it. And so the Bible's teaching us that this little bitty old child uh, that is born and this little old son that's been given here is going to be King Jesus. And King Jesus, according to the Scripture, has a government. He has a kingdom. He's the governor. He's the ruler. And his government will grow and increase, and he will order it. It, he will establish it, and this will be performed by God. Hallelujah. <laughs> I'm just talking about a little bitty baby. I'm just talking about somebody that was born, and they say on December the 25th. And oh, Santa Claus gets the day. I mean, listen, we're giving gifts. We're spending hundreds of dollars. I mean, we're doing a lot of things. And the one that is the King of kings and the Lord of lords that was born unto this end is getting no love. We'll say to him, listen, we know it's your birthday, but we get gifts. Let me ask you something. How many times do you get to go to a birthday party and you get a gift? How many times? <laughs> do you get to go somewhere and somebody else is to be honored and you get honor? That don't even make sense. 
But somehow, some way, in our old crump mind and our old silly ways and our old carnal mind and carnal hearts that we think that old Santa Claus and old Rudolph the Reindeer and old Snowman and Elf and Grinch, I mean, they get the whole day. And we shuffle it off by saying, I give you a present. I give you a present. You know why a lot of people give presents? To get a present. Right. Amen. Right. Don't tell me that's not true. true. How many times somebody come over and ask you to come to a birthday party and you show up with no present? Mm. Rude. How I many how many times do you go to, you get up and say, okay, folks, we're going to go to Grandma and Grandpa's house. We got Christmas over there. And you walk out with nothing in your hand. But when you get there, you got all kind of presents and you walk back with a bunch in your hand. That don't happen. No. If you go, you take a present. Because when you get there, you want a present. Now, our kids today learn this. And men, kids know this, older kids, they, they, they look at it like this. You go to a Christmas party and you go to a Christmas family ordeal and your kids, your kids get certain items from grandma and grandpa, but your sister or your brother has children and if they get little better gifts than your children get, you get hacked off. Because it's not equal. Right? Hey, man, I'm just telling the truth this morning. So now we get mad. You know, somebody, your sister or your brother, your parents might give them something, a little extra. You might add it up and they gave you $13 worth of a gift, but you gave them that they, you got a $20 for your sister and you go to your mom and daddy. Why would you give them something more than you gave me? You little spoiled rat and brat. Now all this takes place. All our children, us, we're all looking at all this stuff right here. And Jesus Christ, the born king, the king of righteousness, the king of peace, the king of kings, the Lord of lords. I just say to you, Fred, he's the governor of the government. He's the king of the kingdom. And Fred, he gets nothing. And we walk out of there with a smile on our face and joy in our heart. Our, food, our stomachs are full. Our hands are full. And we get home, we're wobbling like this. And we get to the house, we lay it all out right there and say, thank you, Jesus. I'm sorry. Maybe I just made all that up last night. I had a dream. Oh, can I say to you that this... In Isaiah chapter 9 and verse 6 where it says, We know that for unto us a child is born. That's Jesus. He said, I was born unto this end. Unto us a son is given. That's Jesus. For God so loved the world that he gave his son. And we know in verse 6 it says, And the government shall be upon his shoulder. And his name shall be called. That word, those words together in the Hebrew, his name shall be called. You know what that means this morning? He's talking about Jesus that was born. Talking about the Son of God that was given. When it says his name shall be called, that meaning is warrior. So the Bible's telling us that this child that was born and this son that was given will be a warrior. That also means his name shall be called, it means champion. 
And so that baby boy that was born, that son was given, was not only that, but the Bible says he's champion. Champion. It means also, in the Hebrew, it means valiant. It means mighty. It means chief. And so when we think this morning about this baby boy that was born, he was born under this inn as a king. He was a champion. He is violent today. He's mighty. He's chief. He is above and beyond today. The Bible said he's wonderful. Is he wonderful to hear? My champion. The Bible says he's counselor. Oh my, there's no better counselor to get from the champion. I mean from the one who is mighty, the one that's a warrior, a one today that's the king of kings and the Lord of lords. Yes, he's a baby boy, but he was born to the end. What a counselor. It also says the mighty God. Does it not say that? So this little bitty child that was born and this, this son that was given, this warrior, this champion, the mighty violent, the one today we call Jesus, he is the mighty God. Hallelujah. Glory to the everlasting Father. <laughs> You're telling me that this baby boy that was born, that Jesus said I was born unto this end, is the everlasting Father? He's the mighty God. He is the Prince of Peace. Wonderful. Counselor. Oh, I'm just saying this morning. I'm trying to put the Bible together so that you and I would know uh, that just a baby boy was born. Don't think so. I think he's a little more than that. Jesus said to this end, was I born? Isaiah chapter 7 and verse 14. Therefore the Lord himself shall give you a sign. Behold, a virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel. In Matthew 1 verse 23, Behold, a virgin shall be with child and shall bring forth a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, being interpreted a God with us. Isaiah 7 14 prophesied it. 700 years later, Matthew fulfilled it, predicted it. It came through. It came out. He is God dwelling with us. The champion. The warrior. The little child. The son. That's him. Now, can you, can you fathom yet how does Santa Claus get more? Can you fathom just yet how your children and your spouse get more? Jesus gets nothing. Zero. And everybody else around us who's not a warrior, who's not a champion, who are not mighty, who are not the chief, who is not the Lord of lords, not the Lord of glory, not the Lord of, of righteousness, not the Lord of peace, not the Lord Jesus. And he gets just thrown out of the way. He gets no attention. He gets anything. And yet we can go through all that on the 25th of Monday and come back here on Wednesday night. Oh, how I love Jesus. I'm telling you, 
This baby that was born was just a baby? I don't think so. We got to relook at this. We got to reexamine this. We got to say, what is Christmas all about? It's about one that was born, born a king. That's where he was born. Number two, now I noticed this morning that Jesus agreed, I am a king. But I noticed that Jesus said, I have a kingdom. Look there in that, back to John chapter 18 with me. And uh, my time went by fast. Somebody said something about me last night, Cam did. That hardly no one ever says about me. Cam says I need I wasn't loud enough last night that I needed a microphone. I took that to heart. I have to do better than that. Matthew chapter 18 and verse 36. Verse 37, I'm sorry. He said, For this cause came my eye into the world. For this cause came I into the world. What did he come in for? A king. What's, what does a king have? A kingdom. We say, where does it say that about his kingdom? Look at verse 36. Jesus said, my kingdom. It's not of this world. If my kingdom were of this world, then would my servants fight? that I should be delivered to the Jews, but now is my kingdom not from hence. So we find that Jesus says, I have a kingdom. And he's the king of his kingdom. In Isaiah chapter 9 verse 7, he says, upon his kingdom. The Bible says in Daniel chapter 4 in verse 3, his kingdom is an everlasting kingdom and his dominion is from generation to generation. Daniel 6 verse 26 says his kingdom that which shall be shall not be destroyed and his dominion shall not be even unto the end. In Daniel 7 verse 14 his kingdom that which shall not be destroyed. In Luke chapter 1 verse 33 his kingdom there shall be no end. In Psalms 103 verse 19 his kingdom ruleth all. In verse in Ephesians 5, 5, in the kingdom of Christ and of God. We find in Colossians chapter 1 and verse 13, into the kingdom of his dear son. In 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 11, into the everlasting kingdom of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. John chapter 18, verse 36, Jesus said, my kingdom three times. I wonder if there's any thought this morning that that baby that was born was just a baby or was he a king with a kingdom. His kingdom. Can I say that his kingdom this morning is a kingdom of truth. He says that in John 18 verse 37. He says, I should bear witness unto the truth. I am a king in a kingdom and my kingdom is truth. 
is all about truth. Matter of fact, the king is a true teacher. The Bible says in Matthew 8, Matthew 22, 16, and they sent unto him the disciples with the Herodians saying, Master, we know that thou art true and teachest the way of God in the truth. That's what the world said about Jesus, that he was a true teacher. And sure enough, we know that he was. And so all that he ever taught was true. Get that. Whatever Jesus taught, it was truth. Never did he ever teach that was false or fake or trickery. There's nothing that he said there in Genesis chapter 1 and what he said in Revelation chapter 22 and all in between that was contradictory. Nothing he said that went against what he said before. There's not one word in the Scripture that is wrong. Not one word in the Scripture is written by man. Not one word in the Scripture today that is considered man's work or it wouldn't be called the Holy Scriptures. Because it's called the Holy Scriptures, we find that all that Jesus has said, all that Jesus has taught, all that Jesus' doctrine gives is truth. A true teacher. So we find he's a kingdom of truth. When you start telling me that my Bible has errors, I got problems with you. When you start telling me that my Jesus was just a teacher and a prophet and one that just lived some time ago, I got a problem with you. If you tell me this morning that Jesus lied or Jesus told stories or Jesus was a, a, a maybe he was someone who done trickery or he done manipulated people or he said things to catch people in, in tricks or in troubles or problems this morning, I got troubles with you. That's right. Jesus teaches truth. You know why he teaches truth? Because in 1 John, I mean John chapter 1, it said that when Jesus came, he came in truth. Amen. The Bible says that Moses brought the law, but Jesus gave the truth. We find this morning that all that Jesus could ever do is just truth. All that he ever taught was truth. John chapter 1 verse 9, the Bible says that the king is the true light. There's no other light this morning that can take your darkness and make it light but the true light. Not the false light, not the fake light, not the the, the light today that just is made up of man, but it's the true light. Jesus is the true light. He's the true teacher. In John 6 verse 32, the king is the true bread. The Bible says in John 18, John 8, 14, that the king is the true record. That word record means witness. And whatever the father witnessed, he was the true record of what his father has witnessed. All that Jesus has ever seen and saw of the father, you saw of him. And he said it was a true record. A true light, a true teacher, a true bread. And John 8, 16 says that the king, Jesus, is the true judgment. That all judgment that he's going to give someday, one day, will be true. He is also the true vine in John 15, 1. He's also in 1 John chapter 5, verse 10, that the king is the true God. 
It says, I'll read it to you. And we know that the Son of God is come and hath given us an understanding that we may know Him that is the true, and we, may, we are in Him that is true, even in His Son, Jesus Christ. This is the true God and eternal life. All I'm saying is Jesus is the king, but he's a king of truth. He's a kingdom of truth. We find the king is true. We find that all through the scriptures here. We don't have time to read it this morning, but God is truth. We find that in Psalms 31.5. We find that Jesus is truth in John 14.6. We find that the Spirit is truth in John 15, 26. We find that the Word of God is truth, John 17, 17. We find that the Gospel is the truth in Ephesians 1, verse 13. Can I just say to you this morning, and with clear and with very much confidence and boldness within my heart today, that not only is Jesus agreeing with Pilate that He's a king, but He also says He has a kingdom, and that kingdom is a kingdom kingdom of truth. And what baffles me this morning, you that are not saved and you that are just out there with some other belief system, with some other thought system, with some other way of life without Jesus Christ being your Savior and Lord. Friend, He's the truth. What are you looking for? If anything else you find outside of Jesus is a lie. Everything and all things outside of Jesus this morning is fake and phony. I don't know why you that are here that has not bowed your knee, has not humbled yourself, has not come to the place of repentance and unto the place of faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. Why? He's the only truth and His kingdom is the truth kingdom of truth. Oh, we find, number three, Jesus confirmed that I have subjects in my kingdom. Well, who are your subjects, Jesus? He says in verse 37, everyone that is of the truth heareth my voice. I got five minutes to give you this quickly. Those that are in his kingdom are the children of of truth. That's only of the kingdom of truth because the king is truth. We find here that Jesus comes preaching the truth. Turn with me quickly in Mark chapter 1 and look in verse 14 with me. Mark chapter 1 and verse 14. Jesus is preaching the truth because the gospel is the truth. The Bible says in verse 14, Now after that John was put in prison, Jesus came into Galilee preaching the gospel of the kingdom of God. So it's kind of odd the kingdom of God is speaking here because he's talking about his kingdom. And he's talking about the gospel which is the truth. So you now have a kingdom of truth and you've got a gospel of truth. Though him that is truth is saying, verse 15, the time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent ye and believe the gospel. In other words, he's saying, and the truth is saying to you this morning, if you want to be in the kingdom of God, the kingdom of truth, you're going to have to take this truth and you're going to have to receive it. You're going to have to believe it. 
You're going to have to turn from your sin. You're going to have to change your life. You're going to have to move from where you are and move unto God and turn unto Him this morning and then believe. That means commit to the truth of the gospel. That means to entrust yourself to the truth of the gospel. That means you need to trust the gospel this morning in order to get into the kingdom of truth. Because Jesus is preaching the truth. And so you and I this morning, in order to get into the kingdom of God, which is the kingdom of truth, because it's His kingdom, you have to receive the truth. We find, secondly, that Jesus is coming preaching the truth, but I notice that Jesus comes proclaiming the truth. Look in John chapter 3, and look in verse 3. Jesus says this, and you're going to notice some same terminology. And look in verse 3. Jesus is speaking to uh, Nicodemus here. Jesus answered and said unto him, Verily I say unto thee, Except the man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Well, who's the kingdom of God? That's his kingdom. What about that kingdom? It's the kingdom of truth. And who is speaking? The king. And what is he speaking? Truth. And the truth is saying about the truth that if you're going to get into my kingdom, you're going to have to receive the truth. What's the truth? Well, the truth is you can't even see the kingdom of God. And then verse 5 says, Verily, verily, I say unto you, which verily, verily means true, true, uh, I say unto thee, except a man be born of water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh. That which is born of the Spirit is spirit. And so we find, according to the truth, Jesus talking about his kingdom of truth and telling Nicodemus, Nicodemus, this is the truth. If you are not born of the water, that means born of a woman, and then you're not born of the Spirit, that means born of God, and you're not born again, uh, Fred, you cannot enter into the kingdom of truth. That's right. So truth is speaking about the kingdom of truth so that you and I, who wants to come into the kingdom of truth, will hear them. And the reason why some of y'all are not saved is because you just won't hear. That's it. That's the problem. Mm-hmm. Once you hear the truth, then you can become in the truth. Jesus comes proclaiming, but Jesus comes presenting. Turn to John chapter 8 with me. You and I are watching the same watch. John chapter 8, Jesus comes presenting truth. He says in John chapter 8, and look in verse 32. He says, and you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. What's the truth? The gospel. God, Jesus, the Spirit, the Word. That's truth. Then he goes on to say unto them, in verse 33, they answered him, we be Abraham's seed. We're never in bondage to any man how sayest thou you should be made free? Jesus answered them, Verily, verily, truly, truly. Again, here's truth. I say unto you, Whosoever committeth sin is the servant of sin. Well, that's a damnation of a statement. And the servant abideth not in the house forever, but the son abideth ever. If the son therefore shall make you free, you shall be free indeed. Now, how can the son do that? Because he's truth. And his kingdom is truth. And he's speaking truth. 
I speak that which I have seen of my father, and you do that which you have seen of your father. They answered and said unto him, Abraham, our father, Jesus, saith unto them, If ye were Abraham's children, you would do the works of Abraham. But now you seek to kill me, a man that hath told you the truth, which I have heard of God, this did not Abraham. Ye did the deeds of your father. Then said they to him, We be not born of fornication. We have one father, even God. Jesus said unto them, If God were your father, you would love me. Ain't that something? You that are in this room, you that are listening to my preaching, Jesus just said, if ye, if ye knew God, if you knew the Father like you say you do, there would be one person that you love above every person. And that person is Jesus, the King. But because, Jesus explains it well, he says, For I proceeded forth and came from God, neither came I myself, but he sent me. Why do you not understand my speech, even because you cannot hear my word? It goes back to hearing again. Ye are of your father, the devil. And the lust of your father ye will do. He was a murderer from the beginning and abode not in the truth, because God is truth, because there is no truth in him. And when he speaketh a lie, he speaketh of his own, for he is a liar and the father of it. And because I tell you the truth, you believe me not. Which of you convinces me of sin? If I say the truth, why do you not believe me? And Jesus is just saying to them as we close this morning that I am the truth and I have a kingdom of truth and I am the king of truth. And what I have to say to you, friend, is if you say you know God and you don't love me, then you don't know God and your father is the devil this morning. Because you can't have no fence of straddling. There's no place of, of waddling. Either this morning you have truth and you're in the kingdom of truth and Jesus is your king of truth and you are about truth. You're a child of truth or the devil is your father. Because there's no truth in him. And when you walk out of here this morning, either you walk out of here as the children of truth, who has a king of truth, who's in the kingdom of truth, or are you going to walk out of here this morning with the devil being your king, and you're in his kingdom, and you're of his child, and you're going to go about your life doing what he wants, and you love his world, and you love his things, and you love your own life. So you got a choice to make. Just a baby boy? I don't think so. Let's stand this morning. You know what Jesus said in John chapter 8? He said this, basically. He said, Christianity is true. That's what he's saying. If Jesus is saying Christianity is true, that means Judaism is not true. That means Buddhism is not true. That means Mohammedism is not true. Is that true? 
That's true. He's saying, Christ is true. The church is true. God is true. Christianity is true. If you're wondering this morning, is Christianity really true? This verse right here just gave you that answer. It's true. It's true. If you need to come and get saved this morning and say, I want to be in the kingdom of truth. And I want to receive the king who is truth. And I want to become a child of truth. You sing, Brother George. You come. We'll be glad to show you how to get into the kingdom of God. His kingdom. Baby boy. He's more than that this morning. You might even want to come this morning and just bow your head and bow your knees toward the king and just worship him. Thank you, King Jesus. You're worthy this morning. You're worthy. I have. I have ignored you on your birthday. I have put a lot of things out on your birthday. I'm sorry, Lord. There's been many times we hadn't even read the Christmas story on Christmas Day. We haven't even mentioned the name of Jesus being born, the King. Lord, we've just kind of got out of that. We've allowed Santa Claus and Snowman and Elf and Grinch opening presents and eating fudge. Having times with our families. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Lord. I'm sorry, Jesus. You're not just a baby boy. You're the king. You're the king of truth. You got a kingdom of truth. And only the children of truth are of that kingdom. How about you this morning? Anybody else? What a Savior. What a Lord. What a God. Blessed be His name. I'm sorry, Jesus. I'm sorry I have failed you. I've allowed other things get in the way on your day. On a day. To this end was I born. For this cause I came into the world. Truth. Amen. Let's be dismissed this morning with a word of prayer. Thank you for being. Hope you get to come back tonight at 6 o'clock. Don't forget about the books on the table. If you like any, please take some. But Charles, brother, we missed you all. We're glad you're back. Would you dismiss us today?
Christ the 